live from the suburbs, it's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and I was frozen today. With me this week, a couple of leeches who make a living off the blood of others. First, I think I'm going to hate this guy. It's Chris. I'll be one of the bounty hunters who don't speak. Right. Uh, I see. <laughs> so I impression of the other one. Boy, when this guy shovels it, he uses both hands. It's Andy. <laughs> okay, I'll just one hand. Uh, it's, it's hard to find quippy lines in this one, so both of those were from the Japanese guy. That was literally yeah. the two things he said um, with those two things. We are the 10 Point Podcast. We deliver podcasts to you on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week, regularly twice a week. You can find us 10pointpodcast.com and everywhere that you get podcasts. You can watch video versions on Spotify because it does that fancy thing where you can see it when you listen to it. And at YouTube, the 10 Point Broadcast, which I've, I've been saying for weeks now, but I've never actually got around to why I've started calling it 10 Point Broadcast, no, but that'll come. come That'll come eventually, and I had a plan to do that, and it's just come up in my head that I might continue on with that plan. Um, <laughs> yes, 10 Point Podcast, Google 10 Point Podcast, you'll find us. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Twitter's going to go out of business soon, so I wouldn't worry too much that's, about that. Yeah, that's luckily we didn't do that. Nobody uses uh, Facebook either. So we've we've get... never started OnlyFans, but we, might, we should have to soon. Eventually, we'll be on Mastodon, and what was the other? There's another new one that's meant to be Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Tiger. Right? Yeah, yeah. This random use. People keep saying, "Oh, this is the new one everyone's going to use," and everyone stopped us on Twitter and all that. So, um, yeah. I mean, never got an Instagram. That's an old classic. We don't have an Instagram because we're a podcast. Just Google Ten Point Podcast. You'll find us. Uh, check out the news. It was a special one. Um, I'll leave it there. Uh, it's on the same feed as this, so go back an episode and you'll find it. Uh, this was very un-PC. I'm going to say trigger warning. <laughs> if you remember the old point seven trigger warning, this news is basically Andy's trigger warning. I regress, of... I'm not well. I'm, not... <laughs> yes. I'm mentally a... not well, but I've got <laughs> a, a bad place. Uh, okay, okay. On to point one on the 10-point podcast. What is the point? The point is the 1991 sci-fi action comedy Suburban Commando brought to us by New Line Cinema, which I was like, I really like their little title thing. It makes me think it's going to be a good, fun film I'm watching here. Thinking, I don't think we've done them before. We have done them before. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, City Slickers, just the first one, not the second one. Mortal Kombat, Seven, The Blade Trilogy, Fracture, Semi-Pro and Vacation were all New Line Cinemas. So I you know you're in for a good time. Yeah. It's, it's a good mixture there as well. Everything from mainly kind of comedy, but a bit, a bit of other bits and bobs in there as well. Uh, what's the film called? Suburban Commando. That's what we watched. Written by Frank Capello. Famous for writing, and I say famous for, The Ivory Tower, which was a short film, and the only thing he wrote before Suburban Commando. Afterwards, he wrote Constantine, the 2005 Keanu Reeves version. That is. Get a sequel. Yep. Oh, so it is, yeah. And then... Two other things, like he was a quiet man and Steel Wool, he's famous for. I've never heard of them. So basically, Suburban Commando, and then 14 years later, Constantine, and then in there, uh, nothing else. So Frank Capel. So he, he bases himself. This is a man that knows what he's doing. Correct. The next 14 years have been absolute banger. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. today. He had one in 2019. <laughs> Maybe he did. Yeah, Maybe it'll be, it'll be Constantine too. He's been pacing himself for that one, yeah. getting the script just right. Uh, and then the film directed by Burt Kennedy. An interesting choice for director for Suburban Commander, Commando, Commando, as it was the last feature he ever directed. He only directed one thing after this, and it was not a feature film. But up until this, most famous for directing uh, westerns in the 1960s. Best examples, The War Wagon and The Train Robbers. And then in the 70s and 80s, other kind of cowboy western style things, and a film called The Trouble with Spies. But Suburban Commando is a massive outlier. Like It's not like anything else they ever directed uh, and came much later than most of what he directed, old Burt Kennedy. So they're the people behind the film. Who was in the film, I hear you asking? Starring as the brilliantly named Shep Ramsey. Well, that's a name. That's yeah. an action movie hero name. We have Hulk Hogan, more commonly known as, well, less commonly known as Terry Bollea. But it's yeah. Terry Bollea as Hulk Hogan as Shep Ramsey in this film. Hulk Hogan. Most famous for being in Rocky Three, and then becoming the biggest name in pro wrestling, which is not the order I thought it came in. I thought he was big wrestling superstar, so they put him in Rocky. It was actually the other way around. Yeah. He was in Rocky, huh? and then he was a wrestler, but, but a small-time wrestler who looked like a star. They cast him in the movie, and that went like rocket. Like he was now the biggest star in all professional wrestling. 
for about 25 years he was that uh then he was in what during that time he was in no holds barred a, a wrestling themed movie uh, then uh next biggest film he was in was gremlins 2 which i can't remember that at all oh it's it's a good bit yeah. but we, we, will, film. we will do gremlins 2 in the next 12 months so let's not get too bogged down <laughs> in that then he was in suburban commando and then mr nanny thunder and paralyte paralyze paradise and santa with muscles and that's kind of where his movie career sort of ended was with those very unsuccessful films in the 90s um he kind of appears as himself in things he had a tv show as himself and he wrestled until like the mid 2000s and probably longer if you want to call that wrestling but yeah hulk hogan famous face uh, and famous racist as well uh, <laughs> proven in court i believe so co-starring with hulk See, hogan. how come you could call them out when it's been proven i can't call them out before it's not proven <laughs> kind of how it works unfortunately uh, as charlie co-starring with the hulkster christopher lloyd famous for one flew over the cuckoo's nest the, the taxi television show most famous for the back to the future trilogy he was in clue which was the american cluedo film that came out who framed roger rabbit the adams family continuing our wednesday uh, wednesday adams stuff uh, and and its sequel and then angels in the outfield and then basically ever since like then he's just appeared as doc brown and things and popped up here there and doing bits and bobs and just kind of lived on being doc brown and christopher lloyd he loves marijuana does he right? <laughs> is that proven in court that's proven know. in court that's proven in court right okay <laughs> uh, and that's it there were the only two names to keep up before the title of the film but shelly duval would be next in the tour a few weeks ago so we can leave that be on a budget of 11 million dollars i had to properly search to find that number it was not easy to come by Suburban Commando opened in the US with $2 million on its first weekend. Final US gross, $7 million. Worldwide, I don't think it got a worldwide release because I can't find any numbers. Uh, I mean, it probably lost $4 million out of 11. Um, not successful for Hulk Hogan uh, here. At basically the height of his fame, I think this would come out roundabout when he was losing to the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6, uh, give or take. So pretty much proper Hulk Hogan mania time. Released. 4th of October 1991, didn't come out till the 20th of December 1991 in the UK, so a Christmas film. Awards, though, for 1992, since they came out late in the year. The so-called major awards shut out Suburban Commando completely, including the Razzies and all the kind of crappy ones, so it's neither good, neither bad. And the 1992 Saturn Awards also did not acknowledge this in any of its action sci-fi categories. This is prime Saturn Award win. You would think so, but not not one award in history. Uh, did anything with Suburban Commander that I could find. I had to look around. Not one award, either good nor bad, or anywhere around. A synopsis for Suburban Commando. Our usual contributors seem to have stayed away from this one, so we've got a synopsis. Oh, a disaster. I know, by John has provided a synopsis. Ship Ramsey is an interstellar hero, righting wrongs, etc. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Done. A lo- long list of stuff he was doing there. His ship is damaged after a fight with an interstellar nasty, <laughs> and he must hide out on Earth until it can recharge. He leaves his power suit at home, but still finds himself unable to allow wrongs to go unrighted, so he mixes it up with bad drivers, offensive paperboys, muggers, and the like. Then the family with which he's staying finds his power suit, and the father tries it on. <laughs> I hope it means the power suit, because I watched a different film with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's Chris is good. Uh, <laughs> with that face <laughs> he's writing you uh, <laughs> so yeah that's basically kind of what happens in the film doesn't really go into much detail <laughs> who picked Andy you picked it why did you pick it well because I had a free pick and you were all thinking I was going to pick something else and I went left wing and went this purely because I was going to Left, left wing, left, right. I don't even mean left wing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right wing, left wing, left field. Left field, yes. That's yeah. the one. So, uh, yeah, decided to go for this because it got mentioned before, and I was like, that film is a banger from what I remember. So I'm picking it, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it fits my theme, and luckily it does perfectly, so we're all good. Um, had you seen it before? I'm assuming you've seen it before. When do you think you saw it, if you've seen it before? Oh, I think the last time I seen this was probably when I was like eight. See, I actually remember the game more than this. Right. I, I remember the the NES game, the Suburban Commando, which is basically if Chris just moves a little bit, that's the that's the load screen where it just it's hit that face where it just says Suburban Commando, press start. 
Right, okay. But it's all like Hulk Hogan pixels. <laughs> like 18 bit or something like um, that. But the game's an absolute banger. It's like, you, it's kind of like asteroids. You start off, you got to like fly your little ship. And then it's like a side scrolling, just shooting all the, the bad guys. Right. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, had, you, had you seen it before, Chris? <laughs> I had, yeah, but I, like when I was 15, 16, it was ages ago. Uh, I had heard the title, and that's where my knowledge of this film had ended. It'll come up later on, but I got well and truly no <coughs> effect in this film. Right, yeah, yeah cool. Uh, which channel would you find it on? I would propose none. <laughs> uh, I was ever... in back in the day. This is like an old school BBC. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be ITV. Right, okay. Uh, again, well, no, uh, which version have we watched? We all, only there's one version, so we all, we all watched the same one. It did seem like some of the editing was a bit off. Chris normally picks up on this stuff as well, but to me, it was like two scenes early on felt like they'd just been stuck in and they weren't as HD as the other ones. Like it felt like it was that added extra scenes in, but I could find no evidence of there being any special edition. Was that in the spaceship with the General Sutra talking yeah, to you? Uh, that one. Yeah, and there's one bit early on in the in the suburb that happened as well, it felt like it. But yeah, uh, only one version, so we also, mm-hmm. I would hope, the exact same bits and things. On to point two then. I feel like something's missing there, but that's usually what we cover. <laughs> point two is the high point. So it's not the best bits and things where of the film. Andy, why don't you start us off with the high points? Right, I'll skip over the little bit at the start, but as soon as Hulk Hogan comes in, like before you just you see this muscly suit coming in and then action's kicking off. I'm like, this is going to be a good film. Proper cheese fest or what? Like, absolutely amazing. It's just like, it's every classic action film, sci-fi, all rolled in about three seconds. <laughs> like I, I was sold straight away. On the subject of the scene, I won't go too far into depth at the moment. Uh, hint. I waited to, I reserved judgment because I didn't want to be like, what is this? This is this, this, this. <laughs> For it to be like a parody and to be like it's a TV show someone's watching, but then that reveal never came. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the film. <laughs> okay, yeah. and that's all I'll say at the moment on that scene. <laughs> but yeah, that that costume that Hulk Hogan's got—that's where the budget went, and it's well worth every penny. Absolute <laughs> banger of a costume. Okay. <laughs> Any other early high points from yourself or from Chris? Uh... I'm kind of trying to think, actually. Okay, great. Andy, high yeah. points. <laughs> well, like... Sorry. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> well, it's not really a high point, but where was Shelley Duvall's killer instinct during The Shining? Yeah. She grabs her husband by the throat and is just like... Yeah, that? Yeah, straight into it. Yeah. To be fair, that is my next high point, is actually the family. So, like, how quick you actually like that family. It's like Christopher Lloyd, Shelley Duvall. It's just like, all right, this is a nice actual little suburban family. I like what they're doing. Everything seems like he's having a shit time at work. His boss is like, all that story all works perfectly for this. It's so nice to see Christopher Lloyd not playing a crazy person. Yeah, yeah, playing a normal guy, yeah. I've got uh, Charlie, which is Christopher Lloyd's character. I've got Charlie, the blueprint raise scene, where he goes in with his blueprints to ask for a raise and ends up giving over the blueprints, essentially getting the tour of the office and then forced at the door before he can even speak. I thought it was a really, really good scene. I've got the actor that played the boss. Oh, it's something Miller, isn't it? Over here. Yeah, he's uh, Larry Miller. Well, he? Larry Miller is one of those people, like, oh, I've seen him a million times before. If you look he at plays what the same in, character as well. Yeah. always just yeah. a snooty he's boss. He's three or four things I've seen, but he just must stand out in the role he's in and all these things. But yeah, Larry Miller as, um, I guess, Mr. Belts. Uh, and that scene is really good, basically just taking over and stopping because they were like getting a word in edgeways and it's also good when you think about the end of the film when he mentioned the crystals i was like oh i, I was there before they got to it in the film I was like, that's that's well seeded to put that in there because i yeah. the crystals so um yeah i give that scene a thumbs up the, the blueprint and, and christopher lloyd asking for a scene but you're right neither of the neither of his kids are nominated for most annoying kids they are normal american average kids they were yeah like, so uh, okay, my next one is when Shep finally lands in there and he's doing his little uh, bunch of good deeds as he's walking past. Uh, my favourite is Ralph the dog. <laughs> finds the dog in the car and finds his owner being like a miserable bastard eating his dinner. I just love that it cuts and all of a sudden the dog is eating the dinner and then you pan across and then you see Shep walking away and you're like, wait a minute. With his clothes. He's wearing that guy's clothes and the camera keeps going and he's <laughs> naked. Like, oh, he is naked. But then he turns around and he's got the muscle on that the dog had on. It's just a brilliant three-step uh, reveal of that stuff. Also, much. it's like, how come nobody, well, I know why nobody would fail, but <laughs> you think somebody would interview if it's like, oh, fucking hell, that, that's a big guy. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Another guy didn't seem small either because his clothes fit Hogan like quite baggy. <laughs> so. yeah. 
but yeah. Also, it shows you how well ahead of the times is now because, like, people are kicking off about dogs being left in cars. Like, that wasn't a thing when I was growing up, but now it's a big thing again. So, yeah. this was like 20, 30 years ahead of the schedule. Like, ahead of the time. Thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't argue. Uh, it's kind of. Not long after, but it's more of um, Shep's good deeds. Him first moving into the apartment, and I guess it's the first morning, isn't it? Where he attacks the mailman, and then attacks the paper boy, and then at the very end, lobs the paper off screen, <laughs> and he just gets the paper boy going, Ugh! Get knocked That down. is the best acting he's ever done. He might be just playing himself, just like, oh, um, there you go, smart ass or something. Like, or yeah. take that smart ass. It's just like him being Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, him being Terry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was very good. I was one of the more. Inter- I feel like most of my high points are the bits where it made me laugh, or are actually, I'm enjoying what's going on here. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not actually looking to completely pan the film, but bits where I was like, oh, it, it, it I thought that was good, or I thought that was fun. I'll put it down as a high point. And just, it was the the ru- a couple of running gags that kept going, like him helping the mine. The mine was what, that's my high point. The the first, then, the first one, the force field punching, it was just... That was it. I, that was a high point for me at that point. I was thinking, oh, that was brilliant, that scene with the mime. I didn't realise it was going to come back twice more. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was the little girl saying, oh, my cat, my cat. So he brings the chair in, that's not my cat. And this cat just goes, <laughs> shoot across the screen. In your research for the universe, did you find out the girl? I did. Because we've not done her before, but I thought yeah. it was belter of a uh, a casting that is going to be my Danny Don Jules. If yeah, it's... mine too. Right, well, well, we'll leave it there. We'll come back and do a Danny Don Jules <coughs> about the cat girl. Uh, <laughs> any other high points? Chris is struggling. I'll go <laughs> next. Like it. It's actually when Christopher Lloyd gets the suit. Because it's pretty much how I'd always, like, imagine that. Because you always see people that get the suit and they know exactly how everything works. Yeah. Whereas, like, he kind of puts it on. He kind of seems like he knows everything works, but he doesn't at the same time. And then it seems like the suit's got a mind of his own where it just, like, jetpack and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah, so that's a wigging out at one point. Yeah. But it's exactly how I think most people would be like, ah, oh, look at this, I'm immortal. And it's just like when the guys bring out the guns, he's like, oh, no, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot. <laughs> yes. like, so, if you're going to shoot somebody, why shoot them in the armour? In the, the only face. bit of armour, yeah. Always go for the head. If Warzone's taught me anything, always go for the head. <laughs> And uh, was it Avengers Infinity War? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just a little bit I like. It's just like, all oh, right, that's perfect. And then he just comes in and then the bad guys like counteract it by just pulling their guns. It's like, whoa, shit. I actually like that because normally it would just be, it'd be a knife fight and then you just destroy them. But yeah, it yeah. wasn't. Which the, I uh, liked. Talking of the film being ahead of its time, part of the joke is that it, it, it's on time. But the neighbours threatening to sue the Hi. big pop guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Those the guys, 90s. Yeah. We're going to sue. I was like, oh, God. I was like, the 90s, even 1991, that was yeah, a joke. Suing everybody. It's the modern modern times. But yeah, it absolutely would happen nowadays. But also, that is like noisy neighbours is a pain in the arse. But just being utter like arseholes and parking yeah. on the drive and all that stuff, that would just be absolutely infuriating having like noisy neighbours like that. Also, which reminds me, I forgot to mention this or write it down. Is this film set? Like, wait, well, guys, it's a night. It's set in present day nineteen nineties, whichever part of America it's in. Yeah. What were those cars like? Just easy to come by in nineteen ninety one? Did everyone have like wacky races style cars? Yeah, must have. You got to remember like, like draggers or something. I was gonna say yeah. American Graffiti had fancy cars in that. It was like the sixties, so. Everybody's well, had like, fancy cars. But like Peter Perfect's perfect mobile from Wacky Races with gigantic <laughs> wheels and a pointy bit in the front. Like, they all had these bizarre, like... But, okay, drag racing cars. Why did they drive them to their pal's house? Like, is that how they're all there? And not always all there? Like, it was... I felt like it was, like, meant to be in the future, but then he said it was the 1990s. But yeah, the, the strange cars they had was just bizarre. <laughs> I think that's just America. We just don't understand America. We don't. Uh, since Chris is very late on the high well, points, the I'm kind of running out too, to be fair. It's the the first entrance uh, of the bounty hunters behind Bruce at the, the bank. Well, that kind of whole bank thing. Mm, yeah, it was quite good. Just walk in with the, the weapon that they lost. On that scene, Christmas movie confirmed because Jingle Bells yep. played. So, and it came out December, so that Superman Commando Christmas movie. Cause Jingle I know, that, that's, that's a bonus part to my theme. <laughs> Because I did say I was going to pick a Christmas pick and this wasn't Christmas until <laughs> that point. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, So carry on, Chris. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, I will say that them moving as they're frozen in like flubber or whatever powder was, was a bit shit. But 
just the the bounty hunters just bursting through the wall and just spraying bullets everywhere. You shouldn't first asking questions later. <laughs> the Undertaker does play a good bounty hunter, though. Yeah. I, I'm kind of sad that Andy had said the Undertaker was in this because that would have been an absolute nailed-on gold medal winner for me. <laughs> <laughs> I no idea he's in this. That's so. one of the things I've always remembered. But I was years afterwards, I'd watched the Furbin Commander. Well, the, th- the thing was, I always too. remember that picture that you've got behind you of the Undertaker, <laughs> and I never like. I always like. I was like, "What the fuck is that from?" It's like I've never seen this film before, and I always goes, "Oh yeah, it's that film again," because I always forget he's in it. Yeah, but I don't uh, know if you've seen the fun fact where Vince McMahon forced him to take this uh, movie <laughs> role. Oh, really? So basically, this was right before The Undertaker was even in the WWE. Yeah, I was thinking that. Um, but Vince was already like looking at him. He's like, right, you're going to go up against um, Hulk Hogan when you come in. Ah, so yeah. you go in the film, it'll be really good for you. And it'll meet, you'll become the next big thing because Vince was going to make him the next big thing anyway. Ah. So I told him to take this movie role before he was even in WWE. Oh, I see. Or back in the day, WWF. WWF back then, yeah. <clears throat> uh, following on from the bank... Uh, Frozen Charlie is my next high point. <laughs> Him being the weekend at Bernie t- in the car where he's like having to be out, out the roof and falling over and all that. I quite enjoyed Hogan in that scene. His acting was quite good as well, but having to thaw out Charlie and then his reaction afterwards, I was frozen today <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Was, um, I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, the whole Charlie getting frozen thing, I enjoyed that. Uh, so I'm down to my one final high point. So if I've got one high point which you guys will probably hate, so I'm going to go for it. Is the the kind of big boss guy, whatever he's called, the Sutter. Yeah, when he's like getting electrocuted as he's a, like a monster, and it looks like he's just doing a weird dance move thing to the music. I was just like, this is so shit, but yet so brilliant at the same time. Because <laughs> it literally just—I I don't know if it was intentional, but he was literally dancing while getting electrocuted. I think it was intentional because when he first crash lands at that place, the music was playing. So yeah, it's supposed to be like he was dancing. Uh, yeah, so my final high point comes before that. This is the, the, the battle against the, the, the bounty hunters. Yeah. I just enjoyed the Undertaker going up through all the floors. I've never <laughs> if he's got a character name or whatever, but him, uh, Hutch. Hutch. Him going boof, boof, up through it. I was like, how did they film that? Like, yeah. does he. Are they actually dragging him up through that much height, or are they just putting things over his head? Like, I was, I was confused how they filmed it. Um, and I quite enjoyed his death at the end where he's like in the wall. Them. But yeah, the kind of practical sort of set destruction involving poor Mark Calloway. I did uh, like that, um, a little twist of the Undertaker's voice, where they haven't yeah, spoken to the whole brilliant. thing. And it was so I can't remember what he says. I was like, "You're gonna get it, Ramsey." Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Now it was so badly dubbed it didn't suit him at all. I was just like, "That's just silly." But that's I, the one thing I always remember this is his voice. Yep. No wonder you guys don't speak very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me. I'm out of high points. Me yeah. too. Okay. Okay. On to point three, the low point. So I thought the worst bits and things were. I shall carry on where I left off before. Everything about the opening of this film <laughs> is a low point for me. Where they've used clip art explosions on, <laughs> on the space battle. Uh, and then it cuts to this scene where it looks like they're just in, like I don't know, a, a, an amateur dramatics sort of theatre. And then everything looks like it's been freshly painted that day. And it you, the, the acting, the, the really melodramatic acting, which is why I thought it was going to be fake, because they're all like, I am an evil baddie, and you could yeah. not stop my evil plans. <laughs> Who will save you now? And then here comes the hero, with his like tinfoil and uh, little paper mache suit on. It was I don't amazing care what suit. Andy says, it's absolutely horrific, and I'm glad he didn't wear it very much. Um, and then just the sheer cheesiness of just the way everything proceeds from that point. Basically, that until the ship blows up uh, was a low point for me because of just how bad it was. Like, I thought this was going to be... savage. It's, <laughs> oh, it's unpopular. Oh, it's, maybe we'll make fun of it. But I was like, it's, early, it's the early 90s. It'll be all right. It was just bad. Like, bad stuff was happening until it the ship the, blows up. The, the extras in like, the gunnery seats who can't act, who like get blown up and then instantly just sit back up to carry on shooting. <laughs> I d- did they all have long blonde ponytails? Or was that I part of so. like, the uniform? Or was it their hair? I couldn't work out what their, their outfits were. Uh, but yeah, that low point starts on a low point. It's, it's always a bad way to start things. But. It's also Shep's lack of attempt to rescue the president. He's oh, like, yeah. he gets grabbed by the throat. He's like, oh, yeah. you're done for. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, I'll blow everything up. <laughs> uh, yeah, the so worst hero ever. That's my starting low point. Uh, anybody else got any low points? I've got on? one. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. When it's the traffic light scene. Oh, yeah, twice. That's my next one. 
And it's Literally, that, that was the last thing I wrote down before we started recording. Was I don't quite understand what the traffic light bit. I don't is. get it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't get why they're all ready to try and like get to the next traffic light and then he reverses back. I, I don't understand any of it. He's already passed. He just keep going. The only thing I get is he's the kind of person that doesn't run a red light, and then he's still the kind of person that doesn't run a red light. And at the end of the film, he's now the kind of guy that runs a red light. Not only that, he'll blow it up. But I don't get it within the context of what everybody else is up to. Yeah. Like, why is everybody else all revving? And then why is he the only one to stop? Why does nobody else? And why do they all want to get through this red light? And why are they all happy that he's blown up this one red light? Like, yeah, I don't quite get it. Other than nope. I get that. Oh, yeah, he's not the kind of guy he is than the kind of guy he becomes. But what a strange way to put it in the film. I, don't, I yeah. just don't really get why. <laughs> There we go. I'm, I'm glad we. Yeah. Uh, mine's a really low point. It's a question. Mm. Did Shep have like super strength without the armor, or was it only with the armor? Because he launched that fucking skateboard. Yeah, it was because he'll have a different uh, body mass because he'll be from a different planet. Super yeah, but there's times he looks like he barely picks somebody up. I, I I think it's an alien. I think he's extra strong. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's fine. I think he's extra strong, and then he's like unkillable with the suit because obviously yeah. his armor. Okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, I think he's, I think he's Superman, and then you put an armor. I, I kind of forgot he did weights with the, oh, the fucking yeah. tools actually. Yeah, so. yeah. Which again looked fake. Yeah. Harbor <laughs> too much on that point. I've got a question as well. How the hell did De- Denny? How the hell did Jenny turn the shed into like a house in one day? Like it's he fine. left for work, and it was his shed. And he came home from work, and it's like, it's a whole new house with wallpapers and carpet and beds. And, like, how the hell did she manage that? <laughs> well, let's double down on that question. How the hell did Hulk Hogan find that place for rent by a sign just saying uh, house for rent that way? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of played, not played, like, in my head that he found more signs along the way, but we never seen that. No, because he only turns up with the one sign going, like... I mean, you just have to rip the rest of them. You just had to follow the signs. Uh, maybe. Add that on to Jenny's... The prep time for the house as well to change the whole shed into a house and then go out and put like a yeah a, a treasure hunt of maps eh, maps of signs out to find the place so yeah impossible that's but the... also it's proven once again that this film's way ahead of itself airbnb way before it's time <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a common thing that if you do let out a room that the person who lives in the room comes and has dinner with your family like i feel like it was a separate building like was it just a welcome to the fam welcome to the place here's some dinner or would he then basically live with See, the family from the this hell? is probably why i've never ever in my life stayed in a bed and breakfast in case that happens yeah, because yeah. like yeah. i will literally just i'll go to a chain hotel i'll stay at your hill ends your premier ends your travel lodges but i will not stay at a b&b in case a creepy family want me to have dinner with them yeah <laughs> i'm out I, if i ever so. go to stay somewhere it has to have like a minimum of like eight rooms or yep. ten rooms in the place. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying that bed and breakfast has got two people and you've got to share the toilet with the family. I'm out. Yeah. Not happening. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, low point. Far too many sketches. Like, I like the mime. We didn't need three of them. Why was there a scene where he squished a melon over an old lady? <laughs> the cat scene was funny, but why? Why? The arcade... What was the point of the, art? Yeah, the skateboard? Yeah, it's like, it's just these bits. It was, the film was like a, a sketch comedy show for about 15 minutes. With just these, him, oh, I'm just the commando walking around in the suburbs, just doing random stuff. And I'm like, is this what the film is? It's just like, we've come up with these gags. <laughs> we'll just put them in this film and struck it together. It just too many of them. The first like, cat one really annoyed me because she was standing underneath the tree going, my cat, my cat. And he brings it down and goes, that's not my cat. And then he fucking lets go. Like, what was the point in... See, that's my cat then. Yes, exactly. Because it looked exactly the same as the second cat. Yeah, it was, which I think it was not the same cat again. I couldn't work out if the punchline was attached to the same cat and it's not her cat. Uh, but yeah, either way, the sketches, some of them didn't land and there was far too many of them. Like that, what was that? It was like five different character things that happened in the film that weren't anything to do with the film. It was bits. Uh, any other low points? I've got a couple. Well, I've got one more because we've done the traffic lights. I'll have to go one. Um, when... What doesn't make sense to me is when they're trying to rush to get that freezing gun back and Charles trying to open the car door. So Shep comes on, rips it off its hinges and then goes around and opens the door from the other side <laughs> the and stuff. gets in. Because that's a funny. It is, but it's quite it's funny. Hateless though. But also why? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. he also just happens to have the scanner looking for it in the car. He's like, oh, I've got an idea. Let's just get the scanner that I've got. Yeah. Why not use it at the start? My actual low point that's like not as bad as Chris's like illogical thing is if you crash land a ship into like an old bowling alley or discotheque, whatever the fuck it was, and then all the music kicks off, like one, how quickly did they leave that building, leaving all the lights on and that music yeah. playing? Just yeah. like, shit, we're leaving, disconnect everyone, well, just turn the power off. And then two, he quite clearly just leaves it and doesn't even lock it up. Yeah. Like, this is like, um, what was that film we did with the people in the swimming pool? Oh, the old people. Oh. Uh, cocoon. Cocoon, yeah. It's like that. You've got all your fucking like high end stuff in, but you don't put a fucking padlock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's got a spaceship that doesn't like, it doesn't hide. It's, it's like not got like what you call it, camouflage or nothing. It's just sitting there for anybody to walk in, which obviously somebody does. It just annoyed me. It's like, I feel like even a commando would have like, I know, I'm going to put a little bit of security around this. Yeah. I'm going to lock it up, do a little bit of something. And also, why does it go back each day to check how much power is done when it knows it's like 28 days? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That computer <laughs> seems pretty accurate, but there he's every day going, there's another 3%. It's like, fucking it's hell. Like, it's nothing better to do, as we can tell by the rest of the film. There's nothing better to do. So I might as well run. Make sure no one's tampered with it, I guess. Uh, I've got one final low point, which is the final battle with old Suter where he comes back into it. Having not died, like... Did he really say how he didn't die? Like he was nope. on that sh- no, ship. He said something. There's plenty of like AirPods or something like. Yeah, exactly. Hiding. So bizarrely, oh, I'm not dead. I'm back to kill you. And then they just make speeches at each other about making speeches at each other and not shooting each other. Like he has Shep Ramsey dead. To, he's right there. Just yeah. shoot. And then he starts shooting to the right, shooting to the, like intentionally. I am not shooting you so that you're an explosion timer thing can go down and kill (laughs) there was no defense over what the bad guy did there at all and no reason for it if he wanted to be proper evil okay he wouldn't know about the timer he could have shot shep then all family be like oh no look we've called uh, shep run over and he'd be like right fuck you see you later bang kills the family at the same time (laughs) that's pure evil that's what evil guy's supposed to be like it felt like his goal was to kill shep ramsey and he decided decided not to (laughs) For no reason when he got him to kill him. It was, it's a Batman Joker yeah. syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. They need each other. Uh, and that's me for low points. Any others? I've got one. So this film's called Suburban Commando. Yet the final scene is on a skyscraper in the middle of a city. <laughs> yeah. It kind of annoyed me. I've never noticed that. I, I feel like it should have been yeah. in suburbia and he takes off from suburbia. Oh, that's only because that's where they landed on top of his work building. Yeah. yeah. That's a spaceship. That's something I've got a question. They... I had that written down, I'm sure. So Undertaker and his pal arrive on a spaceship and they go looking for Shep Ramsey. And in the middle of all the sketches, they're in a just-married car together at a drive-thru and they don't get any food, they shoot the machine and drive off. And the next time we see them, they're landing their spaceship on the building that he's in. Like, why did they get the just-married car? Where did they get it from? And (laughs) also. why did they abandon it and not? Can I just it? say this one was well ahead of its time. Key rights, <laughs> exactly. Just I saying. mean, the, the guy was like accepting of it at the, the, the drive-through as well. Yeah. I wasn't making any questions about California in 1991. I don't know if it was legal or not to be married when you're gay there, but yeah, it, they, they had the car for one scene, and then the, they had the spaceship back again, and then that, that, that's what he flew off in, wasn't it? it was their spaceship? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, is his spaceship still there? Like. Or did they have his one? Oh, I mean, like, uh, did not blow up. Yeah, is that another oh, thing? Oh, blew, blew up. up. Uh, it blew up. So yeah, yeah. They, they flew away in their one. But yeah, why did they abandon it? Why did they go back to it? it just, and also, why did he take a hooker back? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is she <laughs> just going around space with him now? But, yeah. She called him T as well. Yeah. I should call him Terry. Like, well, she I'm not saying call him Terry. She called him T. T. Why would she call him T? Sure, are you ready, T? Yeah, because it wasn't S and it wasn't R. No. See, space whore. <laughs> Everybody's name's confused. Yep. Yeah. Um, since you brought up that shit, like this is where I'm getting Mandela affected because I genuinely thought the, the Undertaker bounty guy turned on Suter and gave the ship to Shep for some reason. All right. But, what I don't know why. I don't know. It would have been better for him, wouldn't it? <laughs> but. Um, I don't, I've always had that in my head because that's why he spoke in a childish voice because he was like, I don't know, you're going to get a ship, Ramsey, and then 
the uh, suitor fucks him over. So he gives yeah. him the shock stuff. I could see if that would, would maybe have happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know why I've always had that in my head. Well, he didn't. Yeah. Uh, is that us for low points then? Yep. Right. Okay, okay, on to point four on the podcast is the stats. No shits, no F-bombs, very little swearing. Yeah. I think Christopher Lloyd shouts you son of a bitch at one point, but there's not much in the oh, way of swearing outside of that. <laughs> explosions, 41. Quite a lot yes. of explosions, it's been a while. Deaths, 21, but that doesn't include, I've got question mark, everyone on the spaceship. Star Destroyer. Yeah, yep. so... I don't know how many would work on that. Maybe a couple of thousand. Or on a Galactic Star Destroyer in Star Wars, you're looking at about 20,000. So <laughs> right, okay. I'd say maybe 5 to 10 on this one. 5 to 10. So we'll say maybe say, 10. What was the clerk's theory on that one? Was it just the, the style? No, that was 250,000 on the Death Star. That was the Death Star. That was a different different kettle of fish. Uh, yeah, so maybe 10,021. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Quotas. No cows, no goats. Dead animal. I thought the cat, but I think that was the same cat at the end. After he put nine lives, was landed his feet. Exactly. I set you up for that one. Uh, no pedos, no devils, no KK, KKKs, no Nazis. Tom Cruise trifecta. Hulk Hogan runs. He gets the girl. I can't believe there wasn't a motorbike. I was sure it was a skateboard. Was skateboard. There was a car. There was a spaceship. Oh, no I had to put any skateboarding things in the low points. By the way. Anything involving the skateboard? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Especially the the flippy bit at the end. That was apart from the jokes about the mum. I quite like them. But the, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I didn't know what to count for this. I wasn't going to count suburbs or commands. I struggled. For right. So I thought, well. aha, Hulk Hogan isms. Hulk Hogan doing Hulk Hogan things. He didn't do any. Like, exactly. He, he played it pretty straight. <laughs> one brother. Right. <laughs> okay. I was like, here we go. He's about to say, right, brother, let's go. Not one. Right. So, Fuck yeah, died. no Hoganisms. <laughs> and did they say the thing? Did they say Suburban Commando? No. I don't think he said either of those words. Yeah, I I, a fair point. I don't think he did. I, I think neither of those words came up. Uh, yeah, so none. So, Chris, any stats from you? Uh, yeah, Golden Oldie comes back. There was one nut shot. There was. It turns <laughs> a suitor into the big monster. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> the nut shot to end all nut shots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's the difference that the suit makes, right? It does make it yep. strong. So, yeah, turns some green goblin. <clears throat> okay, on to point five on the podcast, the 10 point podcast quiz. Andy is the quiz master. Over to oh, you, Andy. Jesus. Right, well, Chris always thinks I rigged this. So, <laughs> right, Chris, do you want to go first or second? I'll go, uh, I can't remember what went last time. I'll go second. Right, you're going to go second. Just so, questions. This, this one is called yeah. Hulk Hogan. Ah, so it's, it's all questions about Hulk Hogan. Okay, okay. So, Question one for Bruce, since Chris doesn't want to go first, so Bruce gets the easy set. Yay! What is Hulk Hogan's full real name? What's well, Terry Bollea? Do you want middle part? Middle you need his middle name. <sighs> Horace. It's not Horace. That's a cool middle name. That. <laughs> Chris. Oh, no, it's not going by Terry Hogan Bollea. No, it's Terry Eugene Bollea. Oh, <laughs> So no points there. Chris, Chris, what age did you start going bald? <laughs> Which Rocky film does Hulk Hogan appear in? Uh, Rocky 3, isn't it? Yes. I, I was getting easy questions. That's not fair. <laughs> I, would have, I would have got that if you hadn't said it before. Oh, really? Okay. Bruce, mm-hmm. which British comedy series does Hulk Hogan appear in in 2012? Is this a trick question? Because I saw some evidence on... IMDb British comedy. Now, my guess is the In Betweeners. It is the In Betweeners. I think it's the American what? version of the In Betweeners, and I think you've got your information wrong there. It's fine. You still got it right. I still got it right because I thought so. What is an In Betweeners? And I looked at it. It's like it looks like the American, like a different version. So yeah, In Betweeners. Take right, it. Know. I'm taking it. This is where Chris is starting to get more yeah, angry. Yeah, because you fucked me over last week for something like that. But carry on. <laughs> Right, Chris, this is this is for two points. Right? Okay. You have to get the both parts to even get a point. So it's two <laughs> points or nothing. <laughs> ready? On. Hulk Hogan voiced which character in a Saints Row game? And what was the Saints Row game? Ah. Uh... Uh, it was Central 2, and it was one of the red guys. I can't remember what he's called. Carry on. No, nope. throw it over to Bruce. Saints Row the third? Yes. 
And he played Angel de la Muerte. Yes. Nice. Two points to Bruce. I've got, I mean, got the wrong game. So I haven't played Central 3, I don't think. Stolen. Right. Uh, Bruce. Hulk Hogan appears as a janitor in a music video for a song called Everything to Me for which pop star? Well, best guess would be Cindy Lauper, I guess. Nope. Chris? Mariah right, Carey. Nope, it was Brooke Hogan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in class as a pop star. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Chris, in which year did Muppets from Space come out in? Obviously, stars Hulk Hogan as well. Talked about 2001. Nope. Bruce? 89. Fucking hell, you're miles off. 1999. That wasn't that far away. It was what two years away. Space? That yeah, when that Mupp- came out? Do you think space? I do not remember that film coming out. Right, uh, who am I going with? It's me. Bruce? Bruce. Uh, Ralph J. Hurricane Spencer was a character on which franchise? I'm assuming involving Hulk Hogan. Yes. Ralph J. Hurricane Spencer. Now that is an action hero name right there. Yeah. I'll, the only franchise I know of Hogan being in would be Thunder in Paradise. It is Thunder in Paradise. Chris, I'll give you an easy one since you're always kicking off. <laughs> After he's thrown number four one up. Eh? All right, carry on. And which. <laughs> oh. Right. It's an easy, it is an easy question. Which hit American TV series does Hulk Hogan appear along with Dwight Schultz and Dirk Benedict? What? In which hit TV series does Hulk Hogan... Oh, uh, The Office. No. <laughs> Not Dwight Schrute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's The A-Team. It is The A-Team, yes. The, like, that was easy, Chris. That was easy. Dark Benedict is literally most famous for being in the A-Team, is he not? Yep. Right. Uh, Bruce? I'm not being Which In which movie does Hulk Hogan appear as Rip? Oh, that's uh, No Holds Barred. It is. It right, is Chris. Nice easy one for you. It's the last question. How many, how many is he banged? He's banged by five. Oh, six one. Oh, five right, one Chris. If you get this right, I'll give you six points. Oh, come on. Right? Six points, Chris. In which pub did me and Chantel meet Hulk Hogan? How the fuck would I know that? That is worth six points. I'll give you that. Oh, Witherspoons. It wasn't Witherspoons. I'm going to throw it over to Bruce. <laughs> I don't know. Harvester. It wasn't a harvester. It was Walkabout. Walkabout. All oh, right. It was Walkabout in central London. But I was, I mean, you've never about. dropped that you've met Hulk Hogan before. Where's that coming from? I've met Hulk Hogan many a time. And he's met everybody. You know, yeah. Hey, I dominated there. Yes, you did. My, having looked at Hulk Hogan's IMDb page today helped. Like. <laughs> to be fair, I was going to totally fucking screw over Chris by doing Hulk Hogan facts about wrestling. So I, like off the top of my head, which pay-per-view did Hulk Hogan famously body slam Andre the Giant? WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Right. So he would have got that. But yeah, I was going to do a whole bunch of stuff like that, like stadiums and WrestleMania, right, so I know Bruce knows them all. I've got an encyclopedic knowledge of 80s and 90s wrestling, yeah. So yeah, I was going to originally do that and say to make it a general Hulk Hogan quiz. And I haven't seen his IMDb page, I remembered everything. That Betweeners one got me, though, Andy. It might be the British one, but I think it's an American version I've never heard of. I, don't, I didn't know it existed. Uh, but it's all a fun quiz, otherwise. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. On to point six, movies within movies. Over to you, Chris, for the 10-point podcast at Universe. Yeah, I, I kind of half-arsed the, this one because I forgot about it. But as far as I can tell, only Shelley Duvall. You are it's wrong. Coming back. Oh, fuck. So, Who have I missed? This is one of Shelley Duvall's three things that she's in. So we've got her. One that made me laugh. As punk number two in this film, Keith Campbell, uh, <laughs> he played pre-crime cop in Minority Report. Well, uh, I don't that far down. You keep telling me to avoid people that are... <coughs> but, but that's because I knew you were going to miss the big one. Christopher yep. Lloyd. <laughs> we've done him before. I realised this when I was doing the profile. Like, I've written these films before. He played Murloc in DuckTales the movie. <laughs> he, was, ah, yeah, he was the villain yeah. in DuckTales. So uh, I knew you would miss it as soon as I remember. Oh my god, I've done him before. I, I, didn't, even go, I didn't even look at him. Because yeah. he's like a, a voice or something, oh, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Obviously it was animated. So uh, yeah. So there's only those three. Though. There's barely anyone in this. Oh, no, I forgot which DuckTales we did. I saw DuckTales. And I couldn't remember which one it was we did. 
DuckTales, the movie, The Treasure of the Lost Lamp, is what we did. Ah, oh, fuck, that was the one that popped up. I, I thought yeah. it was something else we did. Funny, that was the one that popped up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you recast us, though? Uh, yeah, again, I, I only did this about like, half an hour before I started, because I forgot about it. But uh, I put myself as Knuckles, and I put Andy as Hutch, only because Knuckles says absolutely nothing, and Hutch speaks. <laughs> Right. Uh, for once, I don't think I'll make you the hero very often, so I'll put you as uh, oh. all Shep Ramsey. Thank you very much. Uh, I went down, I thought the, 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 there were too many kind of important characters that didn't fit us, so I thought I'd like to see us just be the, the sketch characters. In the <laughs> so Chris has got a cat, so he could be the cat up the tree person, <laughs> like my cat, my cat. Uh, I'll be the boy in the arcade, trying to keep the cats all the time. But I'd like to see Andy as the mime, I thought I'd like to <laughs> Fucking hate mimes. <laughs> I also thought you might, so that would that would work for that. Andy, have you done any recasting involving the film? Well, I didn't really have to recast anybody because they pretty much remade this film with Triple H and called it The Chaperone. Is that The Chaperone? I've never <laughs> seen that one either. Uh, it's pretty much, other than not coming from outer space, it is pretty much he's an ex-Marine that has to look after a suburban family's child. So it's just Commando. <laughs> so it's pretty much just Commando, so yeah. I've seen this film with somebody else and it was Triple H. Right. Very good. <laughs> Uh, okay, on to the sort of references and spoofs. I wasn't going to do it, but the, again, like Gremlins. Fell in your lap. I mean, straight away, it's Star Wars. <laughs> Literally, it starts in Star Wars. And he mentions Darth Vader later on as well, so it's Star Wars. The outright reference Alien at one point by saying yep. aliens yes. have acid in them. He's basically Robocop with that suit on. They mentioned Rambo, so First Blood. Cowabunga and the skateboard stuff is Teenage Mutant yep. Ninja Turtles. They call them Barney and Fred, so it's the Flintstones. King Kong, Godzilla, Rodan and Mothra, they're all mentioned at various points. E.T. is mentioned. But my favourite one, one of his spaceman <laughs> tools is literally the thing from Ghostbusters that yep. checks out if there's ghost, uh, yeah, ghosts there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I had to have that. So that's it. A whole bunch of things again. And I've noticed any time I do this, Star Wars and Alien always come up. Every single film ever references Star Wars and Alien. Do you know that is just like they didn't even modify that PK meter? It was just they found it on the movie lot, so they used it. <laughs> oh, yes. It looks like it's from space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Could this movie have come out in 1995? Yes, it could have done. Hogan was still making crappy action movies when he was in WCW in 1995. The different production companies and all that. But yes, this film could have come out then. Dead Man Walking. I thought Suter was a goner the minute I saw him, and then he was gone, and then he came back, and then he was gone again. So he was a double dead man walking. Who is in the wrong movie? I propose Hulk Hogan's in the wrong movie. I think I'd like this better if it was just about Christopher Lloyd trying to man up in suburbia. And he was his own hero at the end of the day and trying to beat his boss. All the space stuff makes it a different film altogether. But yeah, I think Hogan's in the wrong film. Fun and fact quite... for all the fact fans, it was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yep. It feels that like this, made it ten times better. This film would definitely work with a different guy as Shep. Like mm. I think Hogan kind of ruins it, <laughs> really. Uh, and what happens next? I reckon in the darkest timeline, Charlie now struggles to find the job after quitting because he's really <laughs> dying it for an architect. And then his wife leaves him when she falls for one of the lodgers that rents the apartment that takes the kids. Uh, so that's the darkest. Falls for Jack Torrance and then they go and <laughs> yeah. we fall yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently we could still get a sequel because Hulk Hogan is up for doing a sequel. I if, bet he is. If somebody comes calling. I bet he is, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, on to point seven. The tropes that need to die. Chris, this is your segment. Normally, why don't you start us off? I'm starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel, I think. I don't think it'd be so hard to find so many tropes. But um, the one that kind of got me here was... Um, hold on. Okay. Get my bean specs out. It's uh, the asshole drivers who drive down the middle of the street and don't look at the middle... Don't look where they're driving at all and almost hit a kid. Like it's, right, it does yeah. happen in every films. Movie, yes. It does, yeah. Like, like how they've gone so far, they even look at the road and be like, "Oh shit, there's a kid there. I'll just slow down." Nope, we'll just plow on and nearly kill him. It is the Hollywood staple of how to make someone seem heroic is grabbing yeah. a kid out front of a moving car. It happens. It happens in Edward Scissorhands, but he, the kid nearly gets fucking cut to pieces. And then there was something else as well. I'm sure it happens in. That's not another film we've done, is it? No, I can't remember. But it, it's. Happens, I reckon it happens in the burbs. I was thinking the burbs, actually. Yeah. Not as much through traffic in the burbs, because it is yeah. like kind of an alcove. Hey, Andy, what's your trope needs to die? Uh, pretty much big muscular men, like, kicking kids' ass, like, when they're, like, being bullied or whatever. Yeah. Seems to happen all the time. Yeah. It's just, like, you're way overpowered. Like, we get to, you're going to defend this little poor kid or whatever. But Hulk Hogan goes to town in this one. 
Like, he literally just like, right, you're a little bellend, you're a little bellend, <laughs> take that, you little bellend. It's like, geez, hell. Have I missed, have you watched a completely different film? When's he battered up a kid? Oh, the paper boy. And then the, oh, the, right, okay, okay. He, he basically punks a lot of skateboarders and stuff like ah. that. Yeah. And technically launches a little girl in a tree, but still. <laughs> yeah, at least a cotter. Uh, the trope I've gone for is I've made friends with an alien, so I'm going to spend all my nights helping them, and I won't tell anyone at all. I mean, that happens every time there's an alien in a film. It's always the one helpful human does it on their own, does it, keeps it a secret. Because uh, what I would do is I'd be calling up like Basos or whatever and going, How much? I've got, I've got something <laughs> you might want here. Sell them out the second How much? Arrive. How much are you going to pay me, mate? <laughs> Okay, point eight is our nominations for the 10-point podcast awards. The pointies come at the end of the season, so it'll probably be next year at this rate for this year's pointies. Uh, Chris, lead us off and we'll argue with you. It's a bit of a story. I think best actress, Christopher Lloyd. Me too. I can't argue that one. He's actually pretty good in this. Like, yeah. he sells the film. Hogan tries to ruin it, but Christopher Lloyd kind of brings it back. <laughs> is that first bit in The the Office, where he's talking mm-hmm. to me, he's just like, he's pissed off. He's just like, he actually looks like he's pissed off for his life. He's got to yeah. kill somebody, so... Maybe it's true. Uh, I put my best badass, Shep. Yeah. I, get, I left it blank, but yeah, I guess so. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I left uh, quite a lot of blanks here. Uh, my biggest bell end was Charlie's boss. Yeah, Mr. Yep. Belts. It was a good uh, bell end. I enjoyed old Larry Miller, but yeah, yeah, he was also a bell end. Uh, he, he managed to talk all night to those Japanese guys. Just, yeah, just uh, filibustering all night to try and buy Charlie time to come back to this meeting yep. that I don't know if Charlie <laughs> even intended to go to. It was a weird scenario that he found yeah. himself. He like, aye, like, I was going to say something about Chinese, was it a corporate Japanese cinema for like yeah. eight hours through the night? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, how long would you sit there with somebody who's talking to you about different movies? Would you just like wait and be like, I've had enough of this, I want to go? Bruce would be all over if it was all about Godzilla. It was all about Godzilla. Oh, that's all it was, yeah. I mean, I, it'd make me want to watch it. I'd be like, shut up and stop talking so I can go watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my next one, my worst plan was uh, Suter just playing with Shep instead of actually just shooting him. Oh, yeah, I didn't have that down, but you got, yeah, whatever he was intending to do at the end. <laughs> um, uh, this is a shitty best twist, but Suter's still alive. No. I, I, I thought it was a bad twist, but yeah. I could think of a, like a, a worse twist. Uh, where am I? My worst special effects was any of the space scenes. I think it was overruled for me by the electricity going through Suter at the end, I think. Because, it, it, again, looked like someone just stuck a clip art on and kind of moved it around his body. Yeah. <laughs> I just stopped watching it at that point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wanted to mention that the Diane John Jules uh, most unexpected is Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss as the little girl with the cat up the tree. I did not spot it at all. It was, yeah, a belter of, a, of an appearance. I, I'm assuming her first role in something because she's very Must young. Must be. Yeah. Uh, my best fight was Hogan versus the Bintonhurst. I'm generally thinking I'm getting a cold through this fucking headset. It does here. Sound like it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. That was probably the best fight. Uh, what am I? Ba, 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 ba. Fucking hell, there's a lot of blanks here. Best here, Hogan's. It's iconic. It's yeah, also the worst here. <laughs> it's an iconic look. He's also worst costume, I think. That costume is a bad costume. That costume's pretty good, but. Like, I'll let you have it. vote on the costume if you want. If you think it's good or bad, Chris, you can. I've seen worse. It looks like Conan the Barbarian, so I'm gonna. I like it. Right. Okay. Get rid of that. more costume, but definitely best here. Just because it's so bad, it's it's kind of his look. Yep. Uh, most obvious name is the club is called Landon Pad. <laughs> I, I never even noticed that. I did not notice that. That's good. That's Amazing. Good. Yeah. Uh, my most annoying kid was the, the skateboarding kid, who's like, oh, my mum could do that better. They were yeah. Yeah. And that's me. Okay, dokie, you don't miss much of what I've got to be honest, because there isn't a lot like you say. Uh, best supporting, I've gone for Larry Miller uh, as the boss. I thought he was. I'm going to go for Mark Calloway because he's pretty good. Shelly hmm. Val was quite good actually. Again, she was actually <clears throat> she pretty was, good. She had she had hits and misses, but yeah, she was pretty good. Uh, and that's almost it. Worst acting, Hogan. I don't think you hit that, did you? Hogan's horrific. Oh, I haven't put anything but like acting, yeah. good <laughs> acting. Worst acting, Hulk Hogan. Uh, worst set, take your pick. I oh, guess. I had the best set, I'm sure I did. Um, oh, I don't to put it down. Carry on. So, you can't remember what it was? <laughs> my best thing was probably the Aladdin pad, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, worst set, I'll, I'll say the spaceship at the beginning. This made me laugh okay. so much. Uh, done that one. Worst, worst villain, I think, Suter. I don't know, yeah. it's like it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, he was, he was a terrible villain. 
but the one that takes the cake for me of all the nominees, it'll be worst song in this case, the worst song performance or soundtrack. <laughs> oh, it's a nice it's place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit by J Rock <laughs> featuring Hulk Hogan. It's amazing. Sort of full hip hop from the early nineties when the white man got a hold of hip hop and tried to do his own. <laughs> With yep. clips of Hulk Hogan going, but I wouldn't want to visit it yeah, over top amazing. of it. So bad. So that's bad. Uh, and I do have best product placement, Andy, but this is your particular category if you have one. I see I had I was a toss up between two because there's a scene where he's walking down the street. But the one that took my eye the most was uh, Miller, like the right. lagger. Yeah, for, for me, it was RC Cola in that scene because of the... Uh, yeah. the Cola machine, he made it all the money and cans yeah. and everyone had to And RC Cola appeared in something later on. I was like, there we go, double down on RC Cola for me. But and Camel cigarettes as well. Yeah. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it for nominations for me. Andy, have you got any others that you want to shout no. out? Okie dokie. <laughs> on 2.9, the moral of the story. What we thought the lesson we're supposed to learn from the film was I'll go first. Never punch a man in the balls is the moral of the story here. Uh, Andy, what's yours? Uh, never help a little kid get a cow in a tree. Yep. Uh, mine is just don't let your spare room out. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. All of them. Oh, all quickly. That fucker, um, Charlie shot through a wall and blew up a car and nobody mentions it again. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. And that gun never comes back. You think it'd be pretty handy to use yeah. that again at some point. But uh, yeah, fair point. I didn't like that as a gun though. Yeah, it looks like, like a square hole. It's, yeah. Like, perfect. It's so powerful it'll just go through <laughs> things that are there. But if you're explosive, it'll blow it up. I quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> On to point 10, the 10-point rating where we rate the movie out of 10 points. Andy, you picked Hugo first. Uh, well, this film is not age well when you watch it as an adult. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a better video game than it is a film. It's a film that you could, I could put on again. I'm not going to go out my way and watch it, but if it was on the background, I would just put it on. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad, so it gets a three. Three from Andy. Chris, I've got you next because you've seen it. Uh, a film for like lack of a better word is shit. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, like, I remember watching this as a kid and it was fucking great. It, I think it, it's very much a kid's film. <laughs> yeah, it is not aged well at all. The special effects are abysmal, and a lot of it is some of it. Well, a lot, most of it just doesn't make any sense. Like the whole thing of Shep trying like playing like Hogan playing a a fish out of water was all right. A lot of it was quite funny, but um, yeah, it's scraping a three. Scraping a three, even Chris. Uh, I'm just and nostalgia, gonna... that's what gets it for me. <clears throat> I guess so, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> but I think it's almost good. So I'm not going to absolutely panic. There's enough about it that kept me interested. There's some films where I'm like, oh, Christ, how have I still got an hour to go and all that sort of stuff. But this is, it's okay. The first bit really, uh, okay, I know what I'm in for here, but it gets better. And the funny bits are funny. I think like a lot of the direction of it, not sort of thing you would this sort of film talking about. The bit where the guy robs the woman, takes the handbag and runs away around the corner and you see his shadow running. And then you see Shadow kind of getting like attacked by Hogan and coming back and you find out what's that like bits like that, little bits of the bit with the dog and the guy in the car and all that. So it's almost good, but it's not good. So for me, it actually gets a three as well. So we've all voted yeah. exactly the same score. I mean, the official rating is was definitely a three out of ten. I would say it's like a poor man's Highlander. Yeah, but I don't. Something about Highlander. I think I rated Highlander about the same, but it stuck with me. And I did you? I thought you fucking. I thought you rated like five or six. Maybe I did. I, I feel like I hated you Highlander, it. but like I maybe enjoyed, but didn't think it was very good. But then it lived with me, and now <laughs> Highlander. I, I, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it at all times. But you're right. It's very Highlander, but like a kids' movie version. Yeah. Yeah. And also felt felt like a lot shorter than Highlander. Uh, so yeah, three out of ten. I think that's very fair since we all scored at that. Andy's theme. Are you sure it's not? It came from outer space. Are you <laughs> sure? For it's the fourth quite, episode, a... I'm going to guess it came from outer space. It's, it's a quinky thing, but it's not my theme. <laughs> I can't remember what other ones you picked now. Because even Gremlins, I'm sure they came from outer space as well. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because you had so this. You had Slither. evolution. Yeah, Slither. Slither, Frey, and then is that it? Is that the Gre- that Gremlins the fits in. There's loads of other ones that fit in as well. Must be one was the other <sighs> space, but yeah, I just again came from outer space. All of your films start with a thing doing this to the planet Earth. <laughs> it very much does. Not the intention, right? So that's not the theme. I don't have any other guesses. I just this is a stumper, like it is. So you said there's like there's like eight films a season fit it or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
It's been way more than I thought there should have been fit in this theme, but yeah. Costumes? No costumes, no. You got one if, if you want a hint, the very first film that I did, Chris half said the theme and then stopped himself. Or Blade? No. No, was yeah, it, was it? Was it Prey? <laughs> on, on Prey, I got you. when Chris went to guess my theme, he said... Started it, right. He said well, the so first part of the words. Prey. And then, and then and then stopped himself and went, no, it's not that. Which it was that bang on. If he just finished it, I would have been, yep, you got my theme. Is it Predators? <laughs> <laughs> also, also, not intentionally. but uh, So, yeah. You'll definitely get in the last one. You've got to. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch Prey. I won't get it before this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it before me. Because if his last film involves something coming from space landing on Earth, <laughs> then I'm guessing it again. <laughs> right, okay, on to next time. Speaking of themes... It's the theme of The Wheel of Sean, uh, for the time being. It's his last pick of the season and for the foreseeable future from Sean. I know, I the, re- to do it. the rest of his picks will go on to the wheel with everybody else's and they'll come up when they do. But specifically, one of Sean's picks, he's given us old school, he's given us uh, The Shining in the past. So. Oh, last shout out for Sean for letting me borrow his laptop because I've finally got my, my new one coming. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to spin? We're ready to spin and we Let's can go. see it. Spin away, Andy. Let's spin it. Let's see what we get. What's Sean's final? Starting to slow. Ah, oh, please, Tarantino. are still there, so we'll re-spin if it lands on them. Oh. Slowing down. Looks like it's going to be a new one. Oh. Is it? Is it? It is. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Dumb and dumber. Dumber. Jim I thought it was knocked up. It would have been perfect. Fucking Jim Carrey season, this, isn't it? Yeah, where Jim Carrey right. pops up quite regularly on the old podcast. As Jim, because Chris loves Jim Carrey. I do. He's not been in it this season. Not this. Oh, he, season. he has now. Oh, yeah. Done a couple of him before. Uh, him and Jeff Daniels. He's the other. Yeah, not done Jeff Daniels before. He's done more From the mid nineties, the the infamous, not the legendary uh, Jim Carrey run of having the most successful film every six months for a while. They're done by well, Wolzenberg and the Farrelly brothers, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you go, Dumb and Dumber. You all have seven days. Find Dumb and Dumber, give it a watch, and we'll see you next time on the Ten Point Podcast. Bye.